0: to be faithful to Jesus. Um, it could be an abstract question. You know, we could, we could get up here. We could uh, theologize about it. We could, we could distance ourselves from it. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, every person in this room has just made a promise to help raise this little one up in the faith of Jesus Christ. Parents, you all made that promise. Church, y'all have made that promise. And if we're going to fulfill it, if we're going to help this child receive the faith that we've promised him, we've got to know what it means. We've got to know what it means. He wants us to know what it means. So what is it? Well, the Bible has plenty of illustrations. Jesus tells us that our faith can move mountains. That's a pretty bold claim, that our faith can move mountains. Mountains. The author of Hebrews tells us, he gives us a definition even faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Assurance and conviction of things that we can't even see, things that we can only hope for. That is faith. Then we have, you know, Peter in our passage today. He's accused of having little of it. Whatever this faith is, Peter apparently has very little of it. But really, is that fair? I mean, the man was walking on water. And Jesus says, you of little faith. And so we're going to look at this question in the context of Peter and Jesus walking on the water. And we're going to ask ourselves, what is faith? It's easy to bash Peter. It's easy to say, oh, come on, Peter. You know, get it right. And we can do that a lot. And there's plenty of places where maybe it's justified, but not here. Not here, we're going to take a sympathetic look at Peter, because frankly, I mean, frankly, if we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves, how many of us would rather have the little faith of Peter than the faith that we currently have? I'm in that boat. I'd love to have the little faith of Peter. And so we're going to look at this little faith, and we're going to see three things. We're going to see obedience, dependence, and worship remember those words, obedience, dependence, and worship, and so here we are, we're in Lake Galilee, this is a, a, a large lake, and Jesus' cousin, y'all might not have realized this because we didn't read this passage in the lectionary, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, has just died, um, uh, Herod's daughter called for his head on a platter, and she got what she wanted, John was killed, Jesus was mourning, and so he he wanted to go off and pray, but then the the crowd saw him and they swarmed to him and so he sat and he taught them all day and then he fed them he fed 5000 men we don't know how many people it is probably anywhere between 10 and 15000 people he fed them all on four loaves of bread and two fish and so he disperses the crowd and he sends off the disciples he, he sends them ahead go ahead they hop in their boat and they start rowing and they're rowing and this this tremendous storm piles up and Jesus is up on a mountain praying And the disciples are rowing and rowing and rowing into the fourth watch of the night. That's likely about dawn at this point. Almost dawn. They've been rowing all night long. And they look up. And they see something walking towards them. As our journal entry this morning said, they freaked out a little bit. And probably naturally so. They thought it was a ghost. But then Jesus calls out to them, It's me, guys. Hey. It's me. And Peter responds. And he he says... Verse 28, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you out on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked. And here we see the first, the first part of faith in this story is obedience. It's obedience. The fact of the matter is, and this really strikes me, is that Peter got it. Somehow he got it. Peter knew, he knew that he could not come to Jesus unless Jesus commanded him to do so. Peter knew that he could not come unless Jesus willed it, unless Jesus wanted it, unless Jesus commanded him to do so. And Jesus does. He says, come. And Peter, Peter, Peter gets out of the boat. Peter gets out of the boat. The sea is is raging. It's a boiling sea. And this man steps out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. Talk about obedience. It just floors me what Peter actually understood so Peter walks out on this water. And so what that means is Peter had faith. He had faith that the person he was seeing was really Jesus. He had faith that Jesus could do what he said he could do, that Jesus could really help him come there. And that faith that Peter had necessarily resulted in action. Peter couldn't have a faith like that without acting on it. That's how convicting it was. Convicting, to quote the author of Hebrews. And so we see obedience, faith, even a little faith, a little faith of Peter's requires obedience. We obey God. How do we obey? Well, there's scripture. We obey uh, scripture. There's, uh, there's plenty of, of stuff in here that, that we don't actually obey, and that's a complicated question. But we do read this book to find out who Jesus was and what his plan is, or who Jesus is even, and what his plan is for our lives. And when we read that, and when we know Jesus and know His plan for our lives, then we can obey that. We can obey what's written in this book. Or we can try, at least. The second part of that, and this, this comes from falls out of Scripture, is, is we, we obey what's in here, and then we obey the call. We can discern a call that He has something specific for each one of us in this room that He wants us to do. And we can discern that through reading Scripture, through prayer, through worship, through fellowship, we discern what God has for us. And He puts it on our hearts. And sometimes it's a small, quiet voice. Oftentimes it is. But He's calling us, and it's our duty. Our calling is to obey Him. He's saying, come. And we must step out of the boat. But this is what we have to figure out here. Because, because if you're honest, and I know you are, you know that you don't always obey Christ. I don't always obey Christ. I'd love to, and I don't always obey it. Why is that? Well, the common answer is, oh, well, we're all sinners. We're all sinners, so we can't obey Jesus. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, so we can't obey Jesus. And that's that's kind of the right answer, but disobedience isn't the problem, okay? Our disobedience isn't the problem. It's just a symptom. The problem is that we lack faith. We lack faith. Peter had faith that compelled him to action. And when we disobey, we're not acting on faith. And so what we're saying, honestly, what we're saying is that we, we reject you, God. You're calling me to do this. You're telling me to do this. And, and I'm not going to do it. I'm rejecting you. I don't believe that you say who you, you are who you say you are. I don't believe what you're offering me in the forgiveness of sins and new life in Christ. I don't believe that you have authority over my life. I have no faith, and so I disobey. Disobedience is a consequence of a lack of faith. And so we see that faithfulness results in obedience, but there's a problem. There's a problem because we can't do it and we don't do it. And we, we're all in that boat. We're all in the disobedience boat. We're, we all have those moments where we just, we just don't have the faith That Jesus would want us to have. This brings us to our second observation. Faith in Jesus is about obedience. But but maybe even more so. Or more importantly it's about dependence. It's about dependence on Christ. So Jesus says come. And then verse 30. um, Peter started coming. But when he saw the wind. He was afraid. And he began to sink. So I can I can picture this scene. Peter, this this rugged, experienced Galilean fisherman, you know, he steps out onto the water and he's walking, and that's incredible. But he stops and he just looks, you know, Jesus is here and he looks over here just for a second. And he sees the waves and he sees the winds. And he's thinking, I've been here before, I know what this kind of storm is, and I'm not in the boat anymore. And so he starts to sink. And so at that moment, Peter, Peter lost his faith in what he was doing. Lost his faith in what Jesus had called him to do. And he could no longer obey. He couldn't do it. He couldn't come like Jesus was saying. Peter lost his faith and he couldn't obey. And this is where we get to dependence. Because Peter, despite his lack of faith, he knew right where to turn. He didn't go back to the boat. He didn't try to swim. He just said, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. What a great image for us seeking to have a little faith. You know, it is, like I mentioned earlier, it's easier. It's easy to read this passage and bash Peter. Come on, Peter! You're walking on the water. How could you stop? How cool is that? You screwed it all up. Didn't you just see Jesus feed 15,000 people? With two fish and some bread? Where's your faith? But but really, we're no different. We're no different than Peter. We're no different. We don't we have that little faith. We 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 just can't we can't comprehend and we can't fathom. But at least Peter got out of the boat. At least he got out of the boat. And so we have to read this passage and see Peter and try to recognize ourselves in Peter cuz we're there. We're there. That's us not believing. That's us sinking in those waves. And so maybe you've been walking faithfully. Maybe you've been following Christ, but you can't help. You can't help but to avert your eyes every now and again. And what are you going to do when that happens? Are you going to start swimming? Or are you going to say, Lord, save me? Are you going to come to the foot of this cross and say, Lord, save me? I repent. There are maybe some folks in here who actually don't feel like they've been faithfully walking in quite a long time and actually feel like they're drowning. Maybe it's the teenager, the high schooler seeking identity. Maybe he's looking for, looking for identity in sports, looking for identity in his grades, in his friends. But you know, what's going to happen when the sports are gone? When you get to college and it seems there's a lot of people a lot smarter than you are when the friends are gone what, what happens then or maybe maybe there's maybe there's the college graduate with the high-flying degree and lots of debt and no jobs you know what's what's gonna save him is it is it gonna be drugs and alcohol or the housewife or the wife not a, you don't have a housewife just the wife even whose marriage maybe is falling apart in the turbulent waters of that marriage, who's going to save her? Will it be her children? But what happens when they grow up? Or maybe, maybe it's the father, the husband, the breadwinner who's having a hard time leading his family and seeks his salvation at work. Who's going to, who's going to save him when the job is gone? And so many of us are drowning at different points in our lives. All of us are drowning. And the fact of the matter is nothing, none of these things will save us except for Jesus Christ. So the gospel is calling for total dependence on Christ, letting go of ourselves, letting go of our passions and our desires and giving it to Jesus because he's there, friends, he's there, he's calling us, he's reaching out with that nail scarred, weary hand and saying, come to me. Come to me, all you who travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. Come to me, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that all who believe in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Come to me, because this is good news and worthy of all men to be received, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Jesus is there. He's calling us. He's calling us today. Come to me, whether it's the first time or the 10,000th time. Come to me. Come back to me. Depend on me, O ye of little faith. Finally, faithfulness is about worship. A faithful response to Jesus is about is worship. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of Peter and saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When I picture this, when I picture this, I see Jesus holding Peter like a new husband, holds his bride and carries her across the threshold of their house, carrying Peter like this into the boat. It's a glorious image for me. And then I think, well, what would I do if I was in the boat? Well, I'd have a lot of questions. How did you do this? Can I do it? Will I be able to do it? when, when you come back, when you return, when you resurrect us, am I going to be able to walk on water? That's pretty cool. But that's not the response Jesus gets. That's not the response of the disciples. They simply fall down and worship. They worship Jesus. They worship the God who can walk on water. They worship the God who can make us, us of little faith, walk on water. And so what we do in response to Christ, in response to his, our dependence, is, is we just worship. And, and this is worship. This is Sunday morning. We're in church. We're singing. We're worshiping. But that's not, that's just part of worship. So, so singing and praising God, that's worshipful. Responding and listening to the word, that's worship. Receiving the sacrament, that's worship. But that's just, you know, an hour and a half, if we're lucky, an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. What are you going to do the rest of the week? We're called to worship Jesus with our whole lives. In the prayer book, we pray over the bread and the wine for communion. And then we pray for ourselves. And, and we, we say, what do we say? It says, um, I'm going to find it. Okay. We come, we come before this table and we offer ourselves, our souls and bodies, as a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. We offer ourselves, our souls and bodies as a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. So when we come here Sunday morning, we're here to worship, but we're here to be transformed so we can leave those doors. And every second of every day of every week, we can worship God with our lives. Whether it's at work or at home or in the car, we are worshiping the Lord. That's the call. That's our call as disciples is to worship God. So, we come back, I I think, to the beginning. What is faith? Well, we've got to be clear. We've got to know what it means to be faithful to Jesus because, for one, our lives depend on it. And for another, the life of this young man depends on it. And all the children in this church depend on it. We've got to know what it means to be faithful to Jesus Christ. And it means obedience. It means recognizing that we can't be obedient and being dependent at all times. And it means worshiping Jesus Christ daily, hourly. So the faith overflows from our hearts. So we could have a little faith, a little faith like Peter that lets us walk on the water. And so when we make these promises, if we read... You know the line that says we promise to bring them up in the the Christian faith? If you think that means bringing them to church, then your kids are going to have a Sunday morning faith. You'll have a Sunday morning faith. But if you read that and you say bring them up in faith, if that means faithfulness day in and day out, if that means a little faith like Peter, then you, then our children will walk on water. They will walk on water And they will be assured of the presence of Christ every step of the way. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the little faith of your servant Peter. May we desire that little faith. May you give us that little faith so that we could obey you. So that we could depend totally on you. So that we could worship you with our whole lives. We ask this in your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.